The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. So let's open our Bibles to two openings today. First is in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 3, and the um, second opening. Be John 20, 24 to 28. Acts of Apostles 1, verse 3. It says, During, and this is his text we used last week also, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, after Jesus suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time for 40 days and he proved, everybody say, proved. He proved to many of them, to them in many ways, that he was actually alive. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. And they would gather in behind closed doors and Jesus will appear and show himself and prove to them that he was alive. He did this because the disciples and the apostles were going to be his witnesses. So without that 40 days of conviction that Jesus was alive, because they saw him crucified, they saw him buried, if they are not convinced that he was alive, that was the end of the mission. That was the end of the gospel. We wouldn't be here today. So Jesus needed to spend 40 days with them, showing them at different, showing up at different times and explaining to them and proving that he was alive. And there was one of them that was so discouraged, he, he, he didn't used to come to church. So whenever they gathered, Jesus would show up and he would answer questions and all that. And this guy wasn't in church when Jesus came. And um, his name was Thomas. Or it's Thomas. And in John 20, 24, it says one of the 12, Thomas, nicknamed Twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, which Lord? I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were gathered together again. And this time, Thomas decided to come to church and was there. The doors were locked for obvious reasons. They were afraid. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. What if you get home today and you lock your door and you sit down with your family and you're about to have lunch and suddenly Jesus shows up in your house? <laughs> Why some of us say hallelujah? For some people, it will be panic, you know. For some people, it will be, you know. I pray it shows up in your house. 
In the name of Jesus. So Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And the Bible did not say Thomas put his hands. But it was enough for Thomas that Jesus was alive and was in front of him. And Thomas said, my Lord, my King, and my God. And he bowed to the ground. Praise the name of the Lord. One of the biggest lies that is floating around is that Christianity is Oyimbo's religion that has come to shove down our throat. So to reject every form of um, colonialism, you have to reject Christ, reject Christianity. That is such a shallow argument because Christianity doesn't even exist, um, originate from, from the Oyimbo man. It didn't originate from the West. Christianity originated from the Middle East, from a carpenter's house. Praise the name of the Lord. And he said he will take that gospel to the end of the earth through his witnesses. And he's achieved that with different mechanisms, different people. And we are glad that he got to us. Praise the name of the Lord. Every time you write the date if you write today's date, for instance, the 1st of April, 2018, right? Every time you are saying 2018 from what? You are saying 2018 from the resurrection of Jesus. That's what you are saying. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're an atheist, whether you're an agnostic, whether you don't believe or you don't even know what you believe, whether you are even anti-Christ, if you write a check and you say that I don't want to acknowledge that Jesus is the center of it all and refuse to write the date. Every time an atheist goes to the bank and wants to cash his money and puts down the date, he's saying, Jesus are the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end. <laughs> it's always it's been, been you. you Jesus. So Jesus is at the center. There's nothing anybody can do about it. It's too late. It's too late. And I see... So, why do you believe that Jesus is alive, is resurrected? There are loads and loads of reasons I could give you. But for me, I could say at least four reasons. The first is that he's alive in me. He's alive and well. I spoke to him this morning. I spoke to him about you yesterday night. 
Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> and he just speaks back. I have, I have seen miracles upon miracles upon miracles that Jesus is alive. I've seen all kinds of amazing miracles that Jesus is alive. Praise the name of the Lord. That's number one. Number two, for me, if you look at, if you look at the Bible, all the prophecies, hundreds of years before Jesus came, all of them converged on just one person. Every single prophecy about the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was fulfilled in one man, and his name was Jesus. Every single one of them. That's number two for me. Number three for me would be the fact that no one made the claims that Jesus made. No one made the claims that Jesus made. There's no one that has ever lived that has said the things that Jesus said. Except he's crazy. In fact, the audacity in which he says them, even the Jews were like, this guy must be the Messiah. Oh, he must be crazy. We learned a, a, a tribe on Wednesday that at the peak of the Feast of Booth, where everybody was gathered in the temple, when the high priest poured the water that he, he, he went to fetch at Shiloham, and at the peak of it all, Jesus got up and says to all of them, even people old enough to be his father, anyone that thirsts should come to me and drink. I mean, you don't do that with the Jews. They will stone you to death. That they were shocked. That, who is this guy? And some of them said, he is either the Messiah. Some of them said, it can't be Messiah. It's crazy. Well, it's one of the two. We say it's the Messiah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Only Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It was only him that said that in history. Nobody else. Everybody else says, I will show you the way. Jesus is not sure, I will show you the way. Everybody else says, oh, I can teach you the way. Jesus doesn't say, I will teach you the way. Jesus says, I am the way. If you want to come to the Father, come to me. Too audacious. <laughs> Hallelujah. And how many reasons did I say? Four. I'm giving you three. The fourth one for me would be the fact that they were witnesses. And these witnesses lived and died for their witness in different locations in the world. And their witness was consistent. And they were living eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Simon Peter, for instance, was crucified upside down by Nero. Now, this information is available at um, um, nationalgeographic.com. So, it's a, it's a historical fact how these guys died. Simon was, was crucified by, by Nero. Andrew, his brother, was scourged, tied to the cross to die a long and painful death. James, the son of 
of Zebedee was killed by Herod with a sword. John, his brother, was the only one that didn't die a violent death, but he was, he was secluded in the island of Patmos. Philip was crucified in Egypt 54 AD. Bartholomew was skinned alive and beheaded. Matthew was stabbed in the back by a swordman sent by King Atakos of Ethiopia after he criticized the king's morals. James of Alphaeus was killed by, hit, by hitting him on the head with a club. Thaddeus, Thaddeus was crucified at Edessa, the name of the city in talking Greece, at 72 A.D. Simon, the zealot, was crucified in England at 74 A.D. Finally, among the twelve, Thomas was killed in India. They impaled him with a spear. They ran a spear through him, through his butt to his head. That's how they killed him. If the witness of Jesus, of the resurrection of Jesus was not real, Thomas would have said, oh God, we were playing, you know. When we said the rules, <laughs> I was not there. They said they saw him. That was all I have been saying. I didn't say I saw him. They said they saw him. But no, Thomas gave his life for the witness. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Is alive and well. And when we look at period of, of Jesus of Jesus' punishment, death, burial, resurrection, is giving us a model by which the resurrection power can become alive in our own lives also. Jesus was giving us a model through his suffering. In First Peter, First Peter 2, verse 21, the word of God says, for God called you to do good even if it means suffering just as Christ suffered for you is an example is your model is your example and you must follow in his steps Jesus' death, burial and resurrection took place over a period of, of three days and we see that on Friday Friday was the day of pain and, and suffering. Saturday was the day of doubt and confusion. But Sunday is the day of joy and victory. Praise the name of the Lord. Here's the thing. In your life, in my life, Friday, Saturday, Sunday will happen. You are going to go through Saturdays. Fridays. You are going to go through Saturdays. You are going to go through Sundays. 
You are going to feel the pain and, and the sorrow of Friday. You are going to go through the, 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 the doubt and the confusion of Saturday. You are going to experience the joy and the victory of Sunday. In the name of Jesus. So, when you are in Friday, don't worry. Sunday is coming. When you are in Saturday, don't worry. Sunday is, is coming. Sunday is coming. So, the question now is this. Pastor, what do I do in my days of pain? And how do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? And how do I get to my days of joy and victory? That's the question. How do I, what do I do in the day, my days of pain? How do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? And, and how do I get to my days of joy and victory? And, and when we look at the three days, let's look at the three days. And learn from Jesus how to get, what to do in the days of pain, how to get through the days of doubt and confusion, and how to get to the days of joy and victory. Praise the name of the Lord. So let's take Friday, the day of pain. Jesus went through so much pain. He went through pain on every level. He went through physical pain. He was beaten. He was scourged. He went through emotional pain. He was shamed. They stripped him naked. He was spat at. He was betrayed. He went through psychological pain. He was on the cross. He saw his mother helpless, crying. One of the toughest things for any man is to see his mother crying. It's unbelievably tough. You know? <laughs> you know, I know women don't understand. Eh? She's crying. Eh? <laughs> but so Jesus looked at his mother and was like, the pain was unbearable. Praise the name of the Lord. He experienced not only physical pain or psychological, emotional pain. Jesus experienced spiritual pain. The sin of the whole world was put upon one person. So, if you think you, have, you are going through pain, Jesus understands your pain. Jesus has been through deeper levels of pain. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18, Hebrews 2, 18 says, Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. So Jesus is able to help you through Friday because he has gone through Friday. Praise the name of the Lord. So the question is, so what do I do in my days of pain? What do I do in my days of pain? Two things. 
Two things. The first thing you do in your days of pain. Now you are sitting there like, well, I don't have, I've never had days of pain. I don't have days of pain. It's okay. Just buy the message and keep it because Friday is coming. <laughs> Everybody, I wish I could tell you, honestly, as your pastor, I wish I could tell you that there will be no Fridays of pain. But I can't because it's not scriptural. Friday is coming. So what do I do? The first thing you do in your days of pain is you reach out to friends. You reach out to friends. You reach out to friends. Reach out to friends. In Matthew 26, Matthew 26, from verse 36 to 39, says, Jesus took his disciples with him to get some money and said, stay here with me. Jesus went to his guys and says, guys, come. Stay. I'm going through so much. Come and stay here with me while I pray. Then he took his main guys, you know, Peter, James, and John, and went a little farther. So Jesus needed his friends. If Jesus needed his friends, you need your friends. If Jesus needed people around him when he's going through pain, when he was going through pain, you need people around you. But what do we do? We do the exact opposite. When we are going through pain, we shut the door. We, we, we close ourselves in. We throw a party. Invite only three people. Me, myself, and I. And we say, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. The truth is that you are not designed to face and carry your pain alone. God says it's a command. Bear one another's burden. I am commanded to bear your burden. Guess what? You are commanded to bear my burden. That's how it is. That's how it is. And the mistake we make is that we want to deal with pain alone. It's a mistake for you to try to handle pain alone. It's a huge mistake. Jesus was brutally honest. Jesus was so authentic. If you bring up that scripture again in Matthew 26, as we read on, it says, he was filled with anguish and deep distress. This was Jesus, the son of the living God, the most high God. He said to them, Jesus said to them, he said to them, my heart is so overwhelmed and crushed. Jesus was honest. How are you doing? I am fine, but your heart is crushed. Why are you saying you are fine? You are not fine. If you are not. You are fine only if you are. He says, my, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with sorrow. I feel like I am dying. Jesus, is, Jesus was the first person to say, I don't die, yo. Number one person written in the Bible is Jesus. 
So why do we tell people not to be honest with how they feel? I don't get it. Why do we tell people to suppress what they feel? Why do we tell people not to be authentic? When someone says, oh, this thing is killing me, you say, ah, my sister, confess positive. Confess positive. <laughs> it's good to compare. You know, I'm not, I'm not against confessing positive. Let the weak say, I am strong. It's fine. It's scriptural. But you see, at the point of pain, you should have people that you can cry and they can see you and you can say, oh boy, this thing is killing me. So don't say it's killing you. Say you are killing it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But when we see Jesus, that was not what he did. Jesus just bore out his heart. He just... So the question to you this morning is, have you been honest with someone about your pain? Do you have people in your life? It doesn't have to be... They don't have to be 20. Jesus had a handful there has to be one person or two people that you can just say, man, this is hard. And share your pain with. God expects it. God expects you to do it. And God commands me to listen. You see, the, the mistake we make is that we, we say, oh, you don't understand. You can't understand my trouble. You know, because we look at other people's stories, we see that it's different from your story, so you think that nobody understands your story, so you have to hide your pain. But you see, the truth is that while no two people can have the same experiences in this life, even if they go through the same thing, it's always different. The truth is, there's one common denominator among all of us, and that is pain. I don't understand the dynamics of your pain, but understand the pain because I have had my pain. So I can sit with you and be with you through your pain. Praise the name of the Lord. So God is saying, reach out to friends. Some of us, we don't have friends that are godly. You don't have Christian friends. I mean, you can't have, if, you, if all your friends are people that will tell you opposite things, I mean, through God's counsel, you're asking for trouble. You don't have friends. Join a life group. Begin to serve. Join a department. Let people know you in church. Make friends. It's not going to hurt you. It's only going to make you better. We try to repress and suppress our pain. Meanwhile, God wants us to express our pain to one another and confess our pain to him. So the second thing you do in the days of pain is to reach out to God. The first thing is to reach out to your friends. Reach out to friends. The second thing is to reach out to God. To God in Mark 14. 
35, it says he went a little further, Jesus, and he fell to the ground and he prayed. He reached out to God. Now listen to Jesus' prayer. If it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. That was his prayer. He says, Abba, Father. <laughs> and that is another thing entirely. He cried out, everything, listen, is possible with you. That's number one. Number two, please take this cup of suffering away from me. I don't like this pain. That was Jesus. Then number three, come on. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. So we, we see from, from Jesus, when we reach out to God, we should, these three things should be in place, if you are going to be honest, even with God. The first thing, we should pray when we are in pain is, is to affirm God's power. All things are possible with you. You can do all things. I know you can do all things. Sometimes we, we doubt God. If he exists, you know, there's a, there's, um, a man of God in, in the U.S., Pastor Rick Warren. I, I, you may know him. Some years ago, he lost his 20, 27 or 29-year-old son to suicide. The guy killed himself. I mean, imagine how devastating that would be to a parent that is a pastor. You know? Ah, 27-year-old, you know? And he went through a lot. And he granted one interview with CNN, Piers Morgan then. I don't know if you watched that interview. You can check it on, on YouTube. And Piers asked him, when, his son, when your son died, did you doubt if God existed? Ha! Huh. I said, these people are wicked. <laughs> this is a hard question. <laughs> you know, did you? And you have to be, if you are not honest, they can, people are not fools. People can see that you're lying. And he flawed the question. He said that he has, I think, three other children. Three children or four children. That his children never doubt if he was their parent, if he was their father. He says, my children never doubt I'm, I'm their father. He says, but my children sometimes doubt my wisdom. Does that know what he's doing? Doubt my timing. Why are we going in this direction at this time? He says, but my children never doubt my person if I'm their father. He says, right now, I doubt God's wisdom. This doesn't make sense. I doubt his timing. But I can never doubt if he's my God and my father. And, and, and so, it's a lesson to many of us. When you get to get the money, the first thing is to affirm God's power. You can do all things. You, may, they slap, you didn't make them slap me. They slapped me. But you can save me, but you've allowed it. This, they, they, they have whipped me. They are, they are doing this, they are doing that. 
you can do all things. The second thing from Jesus is this. Express your desire to God. Jesus let God know what he actually wanted. Let this cup pass over me. There's no need, I mean, pretending to God. What's the point? Why do you want to pretend to God? He already knows you don't want the cross. <laughs> Why are you going with him with you said in your word, in Psalm 17, you said in your, don't worry about all those things. What do you want? Jesus said, Baba, Haba, my dad, Popsy, you know, something like that. Now, all language, let this cup pass, if it were possible. So, let's express your desire. And number three, we learn from Jesus. Offer your trust. But it's not my will. Let your will be done. I don't understand it. But let your will be done. So how do I survive Friday? What do I do in my days of pain, number one, I reach out to friends. And number two, I, I reach out to God. Now let's go to Saturday. Saturday, the day of doubt and confusion. Imagine what went through the minds of the disciples after Jesus was dead. They were confused. They, uh, we thought this was the Messiah. I thought I would be the minister of finance. You, you were supposed to be the minister of defense. You know, we thought the time had come to restore the kingdom. You know, what is going on? They were confused when they were meeting. They were meeting behind closed doors. They, I mean, it was a period of confusion and doubt. And imagine the what-if scenarios that they would have been playing. What if we didn't desert him? What if we didn't all turn our backs and, and, and deserted him? What if we stood our ground and we fought for our king? Maybe we would have won. After all, we all had swords. Jesus had told them to pick their swords. What if? What if? What if? Peter would have said to John, what if we had stopped Judas from, from, from leaving that dinner table? Because while they were all eating, Peter said to John, ask him who's going to betray him. I know he will tell you. And John leaned on Jesus' bosom and asked, who is it? And Jesus said, watch, the person I'm going to... So they had their code. And when, 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 when John saw it was Judas, he said to Peter, it's Judas, it's Judas. So they would have said, what if we had blocked him on the, by the door? And say, how can you betray Master Jesus? What if we have beaten him up and tied him up? Jesus would not have died. But guess what? Salvation would not have been released. So Saturday is the time when you second guess yourself. Are you at the Saturday of your life? In your marriage, are you second guessing? Am I married to the right person? In your career, are you second-guessing? Even in your faith, are you second-guessing yourself? 
Are you going through the period of, of, of darkness? So the question is this. So pastor, what do I do? How do I get through Saturday? I've seen what to do on Friday. I've seen what to do in my days of pain. How do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? How do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? Only one thing, and that is hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to the promises of, of God. This is what God has said. Last week we explained that there, were, there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. All for you. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on. Don't let go. Hold it tight. In 2 Corinthians 1.20, the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. So all God's promises in Christ, for you, it is yes. It is not a no. It is not a wait. It is not a maybe. It is yes. All done to it. All done to the promises of God. The challenge is that when you hear a sermon like this, you, you come to church, you go to your life group, you get a promise from God, you are excited, it is like light in your, in, your, in your life. But many of us let go of the light when trouble comes. Some wise guy puts it this way. He says, never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. You may feel confused, but hold on to the promises of God. You may feel overwhelmed, but hold on to the promises of God. When you are worrying, it's proof that you are not holding on to the promises of God. Hold on. You are feeling depressed. There's the symptoms of your, in your body is shouting and screaming at you. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on. Hold on tight. To the promises of God. Like we learned last week. If you missed last week, please get the, the message. We learned last week that you should always let who you know control how you feel. Job says, I know my Redeemer liveth. There are certain things you go through that you get to the Saturday of life. You are confused. You are filled with doubt. But you know God. You've experienced God. Let who you know determine how you feel. Don't let what you are going through determine your feelings. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on, my brother. Hold on, my sister, to the promises of God. Now let's go to Friday. I was checking, I was checking. Maybe you slept off on me. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So let's go to Sunday is here. <laughs> Sunday is here. And literally, Sunday is here. Literally. 
In fact, there's a video I, I, that I, I saw, someone sent it to me. And the, the guy, fantastic orator, he was saying that, oh, on Friday, this is happening, that is happening, but Sunday is coming. On Friday, you are betrayed, you are spattered, you are crucified, but Sunday is coming. On Saturday, you are confused, you are mocked, but Sunday is coming. And it ended there. And I'm like, okay, Sunday had not come. But now Sunday is here. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Sunday is here. So how do I get to Sunday? How do I get to my days of victory and joy? After going through Friday, the day of pain, going through Saturday, the day of doubt and confusion, how do I get to Sunday the day of joy and victory. There's only one way to get to Sunday. Only one way. You rely on the power of resurrection. How do I get to the days of joy and victory? You rely on the power of Jesus. You rely on the power of resurrection. There is only one way. Only one way you can get from the days of pain through the days of doubt and confusion to the day of joy and victory. There's only one way. And that way is you have to rely on the power of Jesus. There's only one way. The truth is this. You need a savior. You cannot resurrect yourself. Jesus had to trust the Holy Spirit completely in the grave. Completely. It's good to, to, to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and pray with people, open bright eyes, you know, pray for people to get their breakthroughs. They get their breakthroughs. But at the time when you are powerless, then you have to rely on God. <laughs> and we don't like to be in our position. We always like action. You need to let God be God. You need to lie there and trust that He will not leave your body in the grave. And trust that He's going to come for you. And He will. That is what unlocks the power of resurrection. In John 11... John 11, verse 25 and 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. No one. Everyone, sorry, who believes in me, even though they die, will live. I give them eternal life for believing in me and they will never perish. Jesus says, I am. Jesus did not say, I point to the way. I point to the resurrection. Jesus did not say, I teach you about resurrection. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Praise the name of the Lord. So in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, I mean, this is just 
offshoots of the old thing. It says, therefore God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, I'm confident this morning that if God can raise someone from the dead, God can give you a new organ. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, God can resurrect your health. We speak to every destiny that has been buried in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wherever it is buried in the heavens, on the earth, or beneath the earth, we command the destinies to resurrect in the mighty name of Jesus. Everywhere and anyone in this place join us by the internet. You are facing some kind of death. It's a death situation. Something that should be thriving. It's, it's dwindling. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the resurrection power of God goes into that thing now. In the mighty name of Jesus. And God himself will cause there to be a resurrection. So, what do I do in my days of pain? Tell me. Reach out to friends. Reach out to God. What do, how do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? Hold on to God's promises. And how do I get to my days of joy and victory? Rely on God's power. You see, there's a story I tell every Easter. I think for the past 10, 11 years, every year I tell the same story. Jesus was apprehended. They took him to Pilate. They flogged him. They ripped his cloth open. I mean, they spat on him. They put a crown of thorns on him. They hung him on the cross. They drove nails into his body. Jesus went through the shame and the humiliation. Guess who was rejoicing? The devil was rejoicing. We finally got him. We finally got him. We finally got him. Jesus gave up the ghosts. The devil declared a party. They won of the party. The music was loud. Everybody was grooving. There were drinks. There were food. And there was rejoicing. They too of the party. They were carrying the devil on, on, on the throne and saying, Hail our king. Hail our king. And he was 
really excited. Day three, it was Sunday. You were hearing footsteps. Boom. 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 <laughs> and I'm like, who is that? Take a roll call. They counted everybody. All the demons in heaven, in the heavenly places, on earth, beneath the earth, all of them were complete. But so, who is coming? So he sent a, a, a demon, go and check. And he ran. And he saw Jesus with the host of heaven and with, the, with David, with Abraham, with all the saints of old. And he says, Oga, Oga, you won't believe it. It is Jesus. As he mentioned Jesus, Satan fell down and rolled on the floor. And he got up. He says, I told you not to mention that name here. That name always causes confusion for us. But it is not possible. How can it be him? Let's go. So they all went, get out of the gate. And they saw as they approached the gate, they were shaking, but they were confident in the gate. And they were like, we'll see how he's going to get through the gate. And an angel left off a blast and said, lift up your head, so ye gates. And be ye lift up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. And they said, who is this king of glory? He says, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lift up ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. The Lord of heaven's armies. And the gates gave way. <laughs> and Jesus went in. Bruce the head of, of, of Satan, according to scriptures, took the keys of hell and death. Now, every demon on earth today was there. All these things that they say, the generational demons, all of them were present that day. So when you say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Get out of this house. They all must obey. Not because of you, but because they were there. They saw him take the victory. He deserves the glory. Jesus, it wasn't bestowed upon him. He deserves the glory. Hallelujah. Is alive. Let's find our hearts and find our, our heads. Amen. Is alive. Jesus is alive forever. I don't know Jesus. I, I, haven't, I haven't 
developed a relationship with Jesus. I, I used to be with Jesus, but right now I can't say I am with him. I need it. My brother, you cannot save yourself. My sister, you cannot resurrect yourself. Jesus wants to resurrect you right now. You're like, Pastor, pray with me. Should I come forward? No, wherever you are seated, I will pray with you. I don't need you to come forward. That is me. Pray with me. Pull up your hand now over your head. God bless you. But pull up your hand, pull up your hand well. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Over there. Keep the hands up. God bless you right there. God bless you. That is me. God bless you at that corner. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. I just didn't see. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister, at the back. That is me, my sister. God bless you. Take the card. Once you have the God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. Once you have the card, you can pull down your hand. God bless you. That is me. God bless you right there in front. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Take the step for Jesus. Let the resurrection power ev- evade your life. God bless you right there at the back. That is me. That is me. Oh, he's alive. Anybody else? Put up that hand. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. Resurrection power is filling their lives even right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray for every one of us, Lord. Thank you for Fridays. Thank you for Saturdays. But we thank you because our Sunday has come. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Believe it.